Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. If I ask you, are you on fire for Christ? Do you really love the Lord? Are you really passionate about serving Him? Are you really passionate? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I go to church. Something's wrong. All right, uh, let's go. We're going to go back into the series entitled Our First Love. Our First Love. And this is actually part number four of the series, Our First Love, and it is the concluding part of the series. Uh, the next time we meet together, when I'm in this pulpit, we'll be going into another series all together. So I pray that you have gotten something rich and deep out of the series. If you have not heard part three, two, or one, you can go to our website, www.kingdomrock.org. And uh, you can get all the messages there. Let's greet our online community, Kingdom Rock. Let's greet our online community by saying praise the Lord and clap our hands for them. Welcome. Welcome. Wherever you are all around the world, whether you're listening in your car at home or whether you're watching on television or however you're listening or watching, we want you to know that we love you and we appreciate you and, and you're part of this service. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in we've been starting in Revelation, the second chapter, Revelation two. And we're going to go ahead and read verses one through seven, one through seven. And we're going to just charge on from there. OK. All right. But first of all, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much today in the mighty name of Jesus for what you've done and for what you're doing. Lord, our hearts are filled with your love. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to receive your love and that we would love ourselves with your love and give your love away to others as well. Father, we pray today that you would just lead us in the way we should go and, and teach us. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. So I ask you to speak through my vocal cords, use my physical form, and Lord, help us all to hear your word today and put that word in practice. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's go. Uh, Revelation, the second chapter, uh, verse number one through seven, and it reads like this. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things, these things, Lord, help us. <laughs> it may be one of those days, Stan, maybe one of those. <clears throat> All right, let's try it again. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things, saith he that, uh, holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast what? Left thy first love. Remember, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. But this thou hast that thou uh, hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, Nicolaitans, uh, which I also hate. 
He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Somebody say praise the Lord. So we said uh, this whole series is about how the church uh, has left their first love. First meaning, I uh, think, protos in the Greek, agape, love, first love. They've left their first love. And this is the condition in much of our places of worship, much of the people of God today, where they have left their first love, left loving Jesus. And they have substituted the love of Christ for acts of service and you're going to see this substituted the um, the love of Christ for acts of service this thing is diabolical and it is tricky it can be where you have stopped loving Jesus you have fallen out of love with the Lord and you're still doing the same thing and not even know that you have left Christ not even know it Unto the Lord, just as like the case here is uh, in the book of, in, in Revelation, the church at Ephesus, they were still serving. Jesus said, I know your works. I see what you're doing. So they're still laboring. They're still working. They're still giving. They're still attending. They got a lot of things going on in the church. But yet and still, Jesus said, you left me. You left me. You are ignoring me. You put something else in my place. So the Lord says simply here, I'm not going to put up with that. How many of you wives would put up with that? You have left me. Yeah, you're still bringing home the money in the household. Yes, the bills are still getting paid, but you don't spend any time with me. Are you hearing? So Jesus said, I'm not going to put up with that. And so he gives them this really this ultimatum. He says, repent. Get it right or else I'm going to come and take your candle out of its place. I'm going to come and deal with you. Get it right. Get it right. Now, this, of course, is for their benefit, because when you leave Christ or put something else in place of Christ, it opens a doorway for the enemy to come in. It opens the doorway for all kind of foolishness and, and bondages and contaminations and all these worldly things can contaminants and issues and addictions, all of that to come in. Guilt, shame, agony, despair, all of that will come into the door because Jesus is simply not in his first place anymore. So as we go on today, I'm going to give you a list of things that you need to check up. And I need you today to be honest. Can we be honest? I will not ask any of you to stand up in front of the church and say he's talking to me. I won't do that. I won't ask you to sign a paper and all that. This is between you and God. Are you hearing? Can we do that today? Now, our love for God must never be manufactured. We've gone over this before. It must never be manufactured. In other words, your love for the father should never start with you. In other words, if somebody were to tell you, you've got to love God, and you start saying, you know, I'm going to have to love God more. I'm going to have to give myself to him more, and I'm going to do that, and you become the motivating factor, it won't last. Just like somebody telling you, you need to start going to church again. You need to start reading your Bible again. You need to start praying again. Well, it may, you may do it for a few days, 
But because you are the source of that strength, it will soon diminish and you'll stop. It won't last. But when the father is the source of it, when you receive his love, receive his strength, and you begin to love him with that love, reading the Bible is easy. Praying becomes easy. Worshiping becomes easy. And it becomes a joy and a delight. But there is a problem when you're doing these things and you say, I don't care about singing. I don't care about reading the Bible. I don't really have time to pray. That's an issue. And these are sure signs that you have left your first love. These are sure indicators that you've left the first love. But Lord, I've been doing this for you. I, I pay my tithes and I, I, I give my offering and I, and I try to come and I try to come and I try to do this and I try to do that. But your very own heart convicts you. You have fallen out of love with Jesus. I wonder, can we be honest today? Because on that, you can fix something when you're honest with it. It's like going to the doctor. Doctor asks you, what hurts? Oh, nothing, nothing hurts. Why'd you come? I don't even know why I came. (laughs) Now, you know your left big toe been giving you a problem all week long. And you made the appointment with the doctor because your left big toe. But you get in his office and you tell him nothing hurting you. Nothing nothing hurting, doctor. I don't know. My, she made me come in and you go out to the doctor's office limping. So you have to be honest. Tell the Lord what's going on. Let's be honest. Are you hearing me? Help me by telling your neighbor. Let's be honest. Okay. So again, true lasting love only comes from God. True lasting love that you have for God and for self and from your neighbor Uh, rather for your neighbor, all of that has to come from God, has to come from God. Let's look again at 1 John, 1 John 4, one verse, verse 19. 1 John 4, verse 19 says this, we love him because he first loved us. Just that one verse. We love God because he first loved us. The love started with him. Love starts with him. And the love that you have for him, you better examine it. You better examine it. Better examine uh, if indeed it came from him. If that love is still burning brightly in you, then it came from him. If your love has diminished for Jesus and you could really, you know, you say, well, yeah, I love Jesus. He's, he's okay. I mean, yeah. if I ask you, are you on fire for Christ? Do you really love the Lord? Are you really passionate about serving him? Are you passionate? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I go to church. Something's wrong. Are you hearing? Something's wrong. It reminds me of the uh, of the of the man that went into his house, and every day he would go in, he would he would click um, the light switch uh, to his to his foyer area, his you know his front entrance area. He clicked the light switch, and the light was off. Rather, and because the, the bulb had blown, but he never did anything about it. He would leave out the next day, come back in in the evening, click it, and still trip over the same thing that's in the floor because he couldn't see. But he would never change the bulb. He just got used to tripping. And a lot of you are used to tripping. That's why you're tripping. 
Because you don't take the time to get something right. You have to take the time to get it right. Let's change the bulb. So today, in this last part of the series, what we're endeavoring to do is to change the bulb. Bring attention to it. Okay? Hallelujah. Can we do that? So, again, that love starts with God. God is the originator of that love. He is the source of love. So you have to actually pray, Father, fill me with your love. You have to ask him, Father, fill me with your love. And that should be your continual prayer and also your confession. Father, fill me with your love. Because guess what? The more love you give away, the more your love cup dwindles. You say, I don't have as much love as I used to because you're not filling yourself with love. Because there, some people require more love than others. Some people require a lot of love. I can't get no talking here. You really have to put an effort into loving them. Especially when you don't like them very much. That requires a lot of love. Jesus gave you the command to love others the way he has loved you. And again, some people, those that are loving, they don't require that much. You just, hey, oh, I love you, and it's natural. But those that get on your last nerve, that go, that, that drains. <laughs> Means like you're, what, you're drinking a shake with a straw. All of it's going to require all of it. So you got to go back into his presence. Listen, here's an indication. When you are feeling aggravated with folk, you're feeling irritated. Ooh, that's an indication that your love has hit the bottom of the barrel. When you can no longer tolerate or put up or my God, you're getting on my lap. Oh, but I love you. But, oh, you're rubbing me. When you feel them rubbing you, it's time to go back in prayer and get your love refreshed. Because it's not supposed to be that way. All right? But as long as you keep going in the house and just flicking the switch and light bulbs out, you never change it. You keep going around the same people and they keep getting on your nerves. The same folk doing the same thing all the time and they're still getting on your nerve and it's still bothering you. Now your stomach is aching. Now your shoulder's aching. Now you don't even want to go back to work. I don't even want to see them folk today. You don't even want to look at them on the phone. Oh, you don't even want to see their emails now. You don't want to return that text message. You're like, oh, oh, oh. That's a sure indication that you've been tripping all week long. You haven't changed that bulb. So what are we saying? You got to get back in prayer. It's a sure sign that you have. That tells me you haven't been in prayer. You haven't been asking God to fill you up with his love. Are you hearing me? Your battery is still low. You got to continually be filled. Continually be filled. As long as you're on this planet, you're going to have to continually be filled with God's love. Let me say that again. There's a prophetic word for some of you now. As long as you are on this planet and breathing on this planet. And now if you're living on a desert island away from people, maybe you won't need it as much. But people will draw it out of you. So as long as you have to deal with people, you're going to have to continually be filled with his love. Or else when your love tank grows 
when it goes down where you where there's nothing left and you still try to deal with them after a while you're going to start cussing start cussing cursing and 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 being uh being angry and upset all of that stuff means again you've run out so let's take the moment right now father we ask you to fill us with your love once again Lord, I've let my love tank go dry. And Father, I ask you to fill me with love for myself, for my family, and for these people that need a whole bunch of love. Father, fill me with love to the full. Fill me till I overflow. I'm really asking you this, Father, in the name of Jesus, fill me with your love. Come on, everybody. Father... Fill me with your love. Father, fill me with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, come on, put your hands together and bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just received the key to a brand new relationship. To a peaceful life. Hallelujah. Again, when you start feeling these negative vibes about people, don't look at them and point at them and say, you be, it's because of you that I got this rash uh, um, on my foot or whatever. It's because of you I got this and this is happening to me. No, no, no. It's not them. They are not the problem. If your love tank was full, you could deal with them. But as long as you insist that other people change, the problem is in you. Jesus could deal with all of them. And Jesus is in you. So that means you can deal with all of them. If you have to have people to change in order for you to deal with them, they're not the problem. You're the problem. I'm going to have to stir the soup on that one. You got to eat it. Go ahead. It's, It's bitter, but eat it. As long as you say they're the problem, he, she, it, the government, the man, as long as the man is the problem, you will never, as long as, long as someone else owns the problem, you can never handle the problem. You've given ownership to them. So that means the problem won't change until they change. But here's the thing. They refuse to change. So the problem will still remain. But if you have ownership of the problem and say, no, it's not you. It's me. You say, yeah, yeah, I know you like to ride my back. But what happens if you straighten your back up? They can't ride you anymore. They will change. You've seen these movies about, I think, uh, Friday, I think Freaky Friday, when the two people switch bodies or whatever. The mama get in the daughter's body and the daughter get in the mama's body. That, those crazy movies. And some of the little girl, I mean, she goes to high school, but it's actually the mama. And the friends come up to her and, hey, do this. She's like, what? Does your mother know you're doing that? Her attitude has completely changed. And the same friends that were tempting and all that, they can't do that with her anymore because she's changed. Understand? But as long as they have ownership of the problem, I have this problem. I am broke. 
I have the rash on my foot, whatever it is. I don't have the job, I whatever. As long as you give them ownership of the problem, you say, when you change, I'll be better. When you change, I'll be better. When you stop acting that way, I'll be better. When you stop doing this, I'll be better. As long as you put, give them the power of change, and listen, they think that they're fine. And they won't ever change then that means the problem will never go away. I'm going to have to do something on that. I hear you, Holy Ghost. Boy, the Lord is really cool. You're doing a great job, Lord. I'm going to be me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited about Jesus, man. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's get back into the text. And so, again, love must start with, starts with God first, and we receive his love in us. And then we have the strength and the grace to love ourselves first, then we can love others. Again, you're going to find it hard loving other people when you don't love yourself. You're going to find it hard forgiving people when you don't forgive yourself or you haven't forgiven yourself. It's going to have to start with God first, and then you. And then those around you. Amen? Amen. In that order. I'm telling you, in that order. God first. Then you. And then others around you. One thing we expect, we all expect you to take care of you. We all expect you to take care of your health. We all expect for you to exercise. We all expect for you to eat well. We all expect for you to get plenty of sleep. We all expect that. Okay? I expect for you to do it. Okay? I expect when you are hungry, you will get something to eat. You will feed you. I expect you to take care of you. Right? When people don't do them things, don't do those things for themselves, we put them in hospitals. Something's wrong. Right? Something is wrong. We expect you to take care of you. So, again, I expect you to take care of you by getting the love, getting the love of God, feeding yourself first. Then you can help me. Then you got the strength because you're going to need a lot of strength to deal with me. Are you hearing me? They say the same to you on an, on an airplane. In the event of an emergency, secure your, put the mask over your face first. And there's no oxygen. And then you put the mask over the child's face. Remember, long time ago, children were dying and parents dying, too, in those crash accidents that could have been avoided. But the parent was trying desperately to put the mask over the child's face first. But in trying to put the mask over the child's face, they became unconscious, couldn't get they couldn't breathe. And so the child went without air, suffocated, and the parent went without air, too. So the general rule, secure yourself first, and then you can help other people. Is that plain? All right, let's try to finish out today. So again, it's, this is a very slippery slope when you can fall out of love with Jesus and not even know it. You think that you're really loving him, but, you're, but it's not true. You haven't. Jesus said, you've left me. You have left me. So let me give you five, let me give you a checklist of five things, a checklist of five things. And again, you be honest. Checklist of five things. And you grade yourself. Here are these five things, checklists. Now, 
a person being out of love with Jesus is marked by these five things where this is a heart that is void of these five things. These five things are not there or they are very weak in your life. The first thing is gratitude. Are you grateful for what the Lord has done for you? First thing, gratitude. Second thing, and we're going to go over all these. Second thing is thanksgiving. Is there thanksgiving? Are you thankful for what he's done for you? Gratitude, thanksgiving. Uh, how is your worship? We're going to talk about that. Uh, how is, are you generous or um, uh, generosity uh, toward Christ and others? Are you generous? And five, forgiveness. These five areas will help you to know where you stand with Christ. Number one, the first area is gratitude. Second area is thanksgiving. Third area is worship. The fourth area is uh, generosity toward Christ and others. And the last is forgiveness. I'm going to go through these one by one. The first area, again, is gratitude. Gratitude is the state of being grateful, a feeling of thanksgiveness, of thankfulness, rather, a, a feeling of thankfulness and appreciation for kindness being shown you. So when you look at gratitude, I want you to want you really to look at the word feeling. A feeling, a feeling of thankfulness. Please hear me. A feeling gratitude, a feeling of thankfulness. When you think about Jesus, do you feel thankful? Do you feel thankful? Now, you don't have to. I know we have a tendency to say it out loud. I don't want you to. I want you to just, you can write it down on your paper. Honestly, take an evaluation of yourself. You can score yourself between one to ten. How about that? Do you really, when you think about the Lord, when you think about Jesus, do you feel thankful? Rate yourself between uh, one and ten. How about that? Do you feel thankful? Let's look at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, of course, it says a public acknowledgement or celebration of divine goodness, the act of giving thanks. It reflects the action of a grateful heart. So think about this. Because you are because you have a grateful heart, you will act. That's that's basically what that says before. You, because you have a grateful heart, you feel grateful. You feel thankful you will act on it, okay? So in the area of thanksgiving, have you been acting on the gratitude that you've been shown? I mean, have you been acting, uh, acting out your gratefulness to the Lord? Have you, ha have you done any actions that would say, Lord, I'm grateful for you? Does that make sense? Worship. Worship is simply... Uh, to reverence, uh, to give honor, to, to serve, to be devoted to one. Are you, would you say that you are really devoted to Christ? Or are you more devoted to the dollar? Are you more devoted to job? Are you more devoted? Are you more de Lord help me. Are you more devoted uh, to family or friends than you are to Christ? Rate your devotion of Christ, your devotion to Christ. Not what you say, but what you do. Okay? Rate yourself on that. 
All right, let's look at the last, uh, no, generosity. All right, generosity is the trait of being willing to give your treasure, being willing to give your treasure, your time and talent gladly in the service of another without respect to self. So money is a great indicator too of where your heart is. Now, I don't really expect any claps or anything with that. Money is a great indicator. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there's your heart also. So in terms of loving Jesus, how are you in your generosity? How are you in your giving? Who gets the bulk of your money? Now we're going to deal with debts as we go on. Praise Jesus. So I'm not talking about debts and all this stuff, but you say, well, I give the Lord all the time. Or, or how about this? Yeah, uh, I don't have no money to give to Jesus, but you got enough money to do this, that and that. To buy this, that and that. Hallelujah. So we don't have to make ex- excuses. Remember, we said, be honest. Now, all this, all of this talks about. This is a survey of your heart. Where is your heart toward the Lord? And why is this important? Because Jesus is going to come back again for his church. And nobody needs to be under a false assumption. You say, oh, I've been loving Jesus for a long time. And I can maybe hear some angel go, really? (laughs) You don't want an angel to pop his neck, really? Maybe even do a snap. Really, girlfriend? Let's stop right there. It's just me. Are you hearing? So take this test. Take this quiz. Take this. Where are you in that? Where are you in that? All right. And last, forgiveness. This is a big one. So we're going to take a little more time in this one. Forgiveness. Forgiveness means the complete releasing of debt. Uh, this also includes your the releasing includes releasing yourself. Uh, it is a uh, conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance uh, toward a person or group who has harmed you. It has nothing to do with whether or not they deserve it. It does not mean forgetting, nor does it mean condoning or excusing offenses. You are releasing them from your internal prison. In effect, you are washing your hands of the matter. Their final judgment now rests in the hands of God. May he have mercy on their soul. In other words, if people go to hell, they won't be going to hell because of me. I release them of their debts. Everybody understand? How is your heart on that? Are you still holding people in prison? Are you still holding yourself in prison? If you are, that's an issue. That's a problem. Because you're going to find it hard to love when you haven't forgiven. And you're going to find this to be true. We may have to go into part five. You're going to find this to be true that forgiveness is actually an act of love. Forgiveness is an act of love, not because they deserve it, but actually you need to give it 
because you don't want your love for the Lord to wane because of them. You understanding? So again, those are the five things. And it looks like this. This is how it looks here. I want you to see this, this graph or chart. I'm not sure if you can really see it, but love starts with God and it comes down to us and we are grateful for his love. We are thankful for his love. We begin to worship and we are generous and we are forgiving. And then it goes back up to love back to God and it continues to circulate through us. The love of God. And this is, these are some acts of the love of God. So you should feel gratitude for the Lord. You should feel gratitude because you remember who you were before you, before he came into your life. You remember what you did before he came into your life. You remember where you were going before he came into your life. So thinking about what Jesus did for you should make you grateful and it should bring up Thanksgiving. And when you, when you, when you have a heart full of Thanksgiving, well, you want to worship. You want to worship and you want to be generous to the one who was generous to you. And you want to receive his forgiveness and release forgiveness of self and others. Does that make sense? All right. Let me just go ahead and give this to you. I'm not going to read it all, but Luke, the seventh chapter, Luke seven, verse 36 through 50. Are y'all stay with me today? I know I've hit that mark. Are y'all still here? Luke 7, verse 36 through 50. Now, we're not going to read it. I'm going to tell you what's there because of time today. I don't want to really lose you. Now, why am I going through all this? Stuff? Are we going through this stuff to condemn you so that you feel judged and condemned and, and heavy and have burdens on you? No, I want you to see the condition of your heart. Why? So we can repent before the Lord. We can repent before him. Everything we've said about the love tank going uh, empty, all of that. You're frustrated with people, aggravated with people, getting on your last nerve that your tank so that you know your tank is empty. All of this is for you to know the condition of your heart so that so that you can get before the Lord and pray and receive his love and get your heart back into the right place where it should be. Because once your heart is full of love and it's in the right place, the blessings will flow. Blessings will flow. The favor of God will flow. It will just come to you. You are meant to live in the harvest every single day. Regardless of what's around you or regardless of what people do, you are meant to live in the harvest. Live in heavenly realities every day. Does everybody understand that? You're not meant to be down and depressed and worried and frustrated and all that stuff. That's not you. That's not what God called you to be. You're meant to live in a heavenly existence. Remember the Lord said in the model prayer, he told us to pray, our father, what, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. When we said that earth is talking about us, not just the dirt on the ground. He's talking about us. We were formed from the dirt, the dust. He's talking about us. He wants heaven to be done. He wants his will to be done in us. And he wants heaven to come. His will to be done. His kingdom come. His will to be done in us as it is in heaven. So we are to be a heavenly place, a place where his spirit dwells. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's a heavenly place. God's in us and we're in him. So 
we ought to be experiencing a joyful, abundant, rich, and satisfying life, regardless of what's happening around us. You're not a person that's going to allow the attitudes of others, that their bad, bad attitude, to give you a bad attitude. No, you're going to maintain joy. You're going to maintain peace. You're not going to allow what they say to change you because your joy, your peace, your love comes from another source. You're not going to get your joy and fulfillment from a like on Facebook. You're, you're not like those. Hallelujah. You don't need their validation to make you feel loved because you have the love of God already with inside of you. You receiving from his love. So you don't have to have them love you to make you feel love when you know your father already loves you. Hallelujah. Give me five more minutes. All right, I think I will take my time. Thank you. In Luke 7, there's a woman who goes into the Pharisee's house. Uh, Jesus is over at the house and he's having dinner. And you read this before, so I won't go ahead and read it all. Jesus is there in the house and they're they're eating and the woman comes in who was the prostitute known for for prostituting in the country roundabout. She comes in the front door and she stands at Jesus feet and she's crying over his feet. You know, he's he's reclined. They didn't have the tables that we have today. So he's reclining on the floor, basically possibly some type of pillow or something on the floor. And she's coming in behind him. And uh, as she stands behind him, she's weeping. Her tears fall out, you know, fall out of her eyes. Of course, I don't know where else they would fall, but they're falling out of her eyes. They're hitting his feet. And so, you know, she gets on her knees and she's weeping and as his feet are getting wet wet so she decides to dry his feet with her hair i'm not sure if it was a plan but this is what happened she dries her feet his feet with her hair and uh, she's already brought an alabaster box of ointment very expensive perfume that was the plan to come in and anoint him so as she's doing it well he's letting me do this so uh, I'm, I'm, she began to anoint his feet and then she, he, she began also to anoint his head and she's weeping and she's sobbing and the one that invited him said well this Jesus if he were really a prophet like he said he was he would know what type of woman this is and uh, he would tell her get off me that's what he said. Jesus said, he said, Simon, I got something to say to you. He said, say on. You see this woman here? Oh, no, no. He began to tell him about two men that owed the bank a lot of money. One owed the bank about 50, uh, uh, maybe uh, $500. The other one owed him about, uh, owed the bank about $5,000 or so. But you read it when you get home. And uh, when they didn't have to pay, the banker forgave them both. And Jesus asked him, which one of these two men will love him the most? Simon said, well, I suppose the one who, who was forgiven the most. Jesus said, you know, you, you've rightly judged. He said, you see this woman here? I came into your house and you didn't give me water to wash my feet because they were open toe, open toe sandals and they walked on dirt. So when you came in, your feet were dirty and nasty. And it was the host's responsibility to have somebody there at that door to wash your feet. It was a common courtesy. When I came in your house, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't even give me common courtesy, Simon. What's up with that? He said, when I came in your house, you didn't give me a kiss. Common courtesy. Hello. I'm glad to see you. But this woman, since time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. Common courtesy, Simon. 
He said, when I came to your house, you didn't anoint me with oil. You didn't put a little perfume on me because, you know, they didn't have deodorant back in that day. It was hot over there in Israel. Are you hearing me? A little, a little smell good, make you feel better, make everybody in the room feel better. Common courtesy. I came in your house, Simon. You didn't even give me no smell good. But this woman have anointed my feet and anointed, the, you know, my feet smell good. Put some smell good on my feet and my head. She has shown me love. She said, this woman, though her sins are many, she's been forgiven. And because she has been forgiven much, she loves much. She loves much. So why is she loving much? Because she's been forgiven much. Why is she loving much? Because she knows what she's been forgiven from. You left your first love because you have stopped remembering what Jesus did for you. You don't remember who you were. And some of you have you've not left the first love because you've never been in love with him in the first place. If it's hard to worship, if you never really had a taste for worshiping Jesus, never, I mean, be honest, never really had a taste for Bible, never really had a taste for it. You know, you're going to find it hard to teach a cat to bark. It's not in them. It's not in them. If it's hard for you to love Jesus, it's hard. Something is wrong. We got to get that fixed. Have you really received Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Let's go back to that point. Have you really asked Jesus in or have you been just coming to church? A lot of people have mistaken coming to church with being truly saved. It's possible to come to church every day of your life and still go to hell. Because coming to church does not make you a believer. Believing in Christ, receiving him makes you a believer. Just like someone sitting in a car and rather sitting in a garage does not make somebody a car. Just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a happy meal. That was kind of a strange one. That was. That was. That was kind of strange. But you understand what we're talking about. We can, we can be ourselves. Are you hearing? So now it's time for us to evaluate. We're, we're done. We're done. I think we don't have to go into part five. We're done. And so now I'm asking you, I'm asking online community, I'm asking all of you to be honest with yourself. Have you really received Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? Have you really invited him in? Or have you just been doing religious stuff? So I've just been going through the motions. Okay, well, that's fine. Now let's go ahead and correct that and ask him in our hearts. Or have you known Jesus? You are born again, but you, you scored pretty low on those five things. And you know, hey, I've messed up. I've still been doing stuff. I've been doing stuff, but I don't really have the fire and passion for Christ as I once had before. I let the fire die down. I let it die down. So if that's you for any of those, we're going to pray for everybody I want you to come up to the altar and we're just going to pray together. We're just going to pray together. We're going to ask the Lord for a fresh fire. For those who fire has 
dulled down. We're going to repent, as the Lord said. The Lord said, repent. So we're going to repent. We're going to repent. And uh, those of you who've never had a relationship with the Lord in the first place, you definitely need to come. 